Hi everyone. You know what's the best thing about doing a podcast instead of stand-up comedy? No hecklers. Yes, there are no hecklers in the podcast. Isn't it great? Well, yes, I know there is also no audience and no compliments after the show and no laughs, but let's not make this sadder than it is already, shall we? No hecklers. Yay. So, even though this episode is called What the Heckler, I'm not going to talk specifically about hecklers. Today I want to talk a bit about stand-up comedy in general, and I want to talk about it from an audience member point of view. As you may know, I have done a bit of stand-up comedy in the past, and I haven't done it in a while, but I have been watching others do it on a regular basis. So, at this point I'm quite experienced in being an audience member of a stand-up comedy show, especially here in the UK. And being an audience member is not without its problems. First, you have to give your full attention to the show so you can get all the jokes. You have to be prepared to understand all the different accents from all over the UK and probably some Australian ones as well, because each performer seems to have a completely different accent from all the others that you've seen in your life before then. And you have to have all your cultural references right, because some jokes require that you know what happens in Norwich or how people from Yorkshire are different from the other ones, or who the hell is Tom Daly? Tom Daly? Uh, isn't that the guy who's married to Kira Knightley? I'm pretty sure I've heard that name before. And above all, you must be prepared to laugh the whole time. Whenever I go to see stand-up comedy, my face hurts from all the grinning, and I even start crying from laughing so much. We know we all want everybody to be happy, but the human body is not prepared to laugh uninterruptedly for two and a half hours minus breaks. The best thing about being an audience member is when the MC comes to stage and says, Hello, Cambridge! Whenever they say that, I always feel so proud of myself. I was chosen to represent the city. Even if there's only 10 people in the audience, they come on stage and say, Hello, Cambridge. The whole of Cambridge is right there at that moment. One thing I don't understand is why they choose a small stand-up stage in a regular pub to address the city. Why don't they do it from King's College or the University or the Mathematical Bridge? Imagine a comedian doing a gig in Paris. He's driving to Paris, he passes by the Tour Eiffel and keeps silent. He passes by the Arc du Triomphe and keeps silent. He passes by the Louvre and keeps silent. He enters a shady bar, goes down the stairs to the basement, meets a group of 20 people or so, and finally says, Hello, Paris! And then the MC starts engaging with the audience. An audience member is required to participate. And I don't mean that as a bad thing. The audience is supposed to be alive. If the audience doesn't participate, you might as well see the show on the TV or listen to it on a podcast. But it also means you have to pay even more attention because you may ask to say something at any time. You can be asked to cheer at some point. Like, give me a cheer if you're from Cambridge. Or, give me a cheer if you're an homosexual. That's what they do. They ask these random questions every now and then. Maybe not this last one so much. Give me a cheer if you're married. Give me a cheer if you farted in the last hour. And there's always someone who actually cheers in this last one. 
And they may choose one of you and ask you personal questions, like, what's your name? What do you do? Is that your girlfriend or wife beside you? If she's your friend's girlfriend and not yours, what are you doing in the middle of them both? If you're in the front row, you're pretty much guaranteed to be asked some of these questions. And it's perfectly fine. If you're in the back row, chances are the front row is completely empty and you will be asked to move there. Yeah, sometimes you can't escape it. And sometimes you actually want to get caught. And that's where hecklers come in. So, first of all, what's a heckler? Well, for those of you who don't know, and only for those, a heckler is someone who makes hacks. If you're wondering what the heck is a hack, it's that particular type of behavior that makes comedians say, what the heck? A heckler is the one that breaks the number one rule of stand-up comedy. As an audience member, you only speak when you're spoken to. A normal audience member like me, when being asked a question, just answers the question with as few words as possible and being obviously terrified with so much attention, shuts up immediately, praying to God and all the saints that the spotlight goes this time to someone else. A heckler, when asked a question, suddenly thinks they're in a talk show. They will think they are one of the guests of the show and the performer is there to hear all about their lives. However, a more accurate representation of this type of heckler would be the show's sidekick. The sidekick is that guy that is always on the talk show, but nobody really knows who he is, and he's only there so that the show host has someone to talk to. That guy. And this is the good kind of heckler. Not that there are good hecklers, none of them does any good, but this heckler is well-intentioned. This heckler wants to help. The thing is, first of all, there's a reason why no one remembers a sidekick. And second of all, stand-up comedy doesn't need sidekicks. It's called stand-up comedy, not stand-up comedy sitting sidekicks. The only purpose of the sidekick in a stand-up comedy show is to be sidekicked out of the venue. Then there are other kinds of hecklers. There's of course the really bad kind of heckler who's there just to insult the performer or make them look bad, which I'll refrain from talking about too much because there are more, much more interesting kinds of hecklers. There's the one that is constantly distracted, texting on Tinder instead of paying attention to the show and making random comments about their texts every once in a while. There's the guy who interrupts constantly, not to say something funny, but because that joke reminded him of that story about himself that he absolutely has to tell everyone. There's the group of girls that brought a bottle of wine and are constantly chatting with each other and constantly trying to bring the performer to the chat instead of doing that comedy thing or whatever they're doing. My favorite one is the revenge heckler. That's one of the guys that's in the back row, and he's perfectly good and silent there, and after they insist with him to move to the front row, and he finally gives in, he decides to make them pay for it. He wants them to feel like that was the worst possible move they could have made. When he heckles, it's with that evil look of revenge in his eyes. Not that I can see them, we're all turned to the performer after all. The moral of the story is, don't heckle. And if you heckle, stop heckling now. Because people that heckle too much have the same undesired effect as Link stabbing too many chicken with his sword. Soon the tides turn and the heckler becomes the heckly. And every performer, every single chicken, will team up to destroy him. Come on, yeah.
available for iOS and Android. For iOS, just search for That's It For Me in the iTunes Store. For Android, open your favorite podcast app and subscribe to feeds.feedburner.com slash That's It For Me. That's It For Me is brought to you by me. That's it for me. See you next week.